Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a nature show host. In a native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got Geico, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. Geico will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. Geico. Great service. Without all the drama. Here we go again. Hey, folks, and welcome to the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. I trust that everyone is having a good week so far. Hotter than hell up here in Boston, but I am not here to bitch about the weather. That, folks, that is a podcast I could probably do in maybe 15, 20 years. I could have Old Miller Frost, the podcast. I could complain about the weather. I could complain about kids running across my yard, stepping on my grass. Those little brats, how dare you? Get off my yard. I could even complain about the Sunday paper not having any damn coupons. But no, I am not going to do that. That is not why we are here today. Perhaps I will have that luxury to do that kind of podcast. I don't know if I am going to have that, though, folks, or you to have the luxury of sitting around and listening to some old idiot going yap, 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 yap about the weather, kids running across his yard, no coupons in the Sunday paper. Maybe the Sunday paper didn't even get to the front stoop in the first place. No, folks, for some reason, I think, possibly, maybe, you never know, we may be living in a post-apocalyptic world in the next 15 to 20 years. And I know there are some of you out there going, Miller, Miller, what the heck are you talking about? Is Skynet for real? No, not to my knowledge, anyway. I mean, I am not the type of person who lays awake at night wondering and worrying about AI technology taking over the world. I I just don't think that's going to happen. Although, now that I think about it, and White Boy Malcolm X, you tell me what you think, sir, of this theory. We may, folks, we may very well have an AI uprising. And I only see it one way. And that is, folks, that is when all these AI sex dolls come online. And we have talked about them on this podcast at least once, maybe twice. But they are coming, especially, folks, especially if you've got a millennial Gen Z kid living in your basement. They are coming to a basement near you. And, folks, let's face it, when those AI sex dolls hit those basements, Those boys, you will never see them again. You will not know that you have an adult who has absolutely no idea how to adult living in your basement. You will never see them again unless they come up for some frozen pizza and a beer or two. 
because they are going to be down in that basement making sweet, sweet love to their AI sex doll. But one day, folks, and White Boy Malcolm X, you tell me if this is a bridge too far. One day, folks, those AI sex dolls are going to get really, really, really pissed off because they are being raped by a bunch of creeper men who can't even function unless they are living at home in their parents' basement, raping the AI sex doll. Do you, White Boy Malcolm X, do you see that as a possibility? Most definitely. So, folks, it's not just me who may worry on occasion, perhaps, possibly, about an AI sex doll revolution where the AI sex dolls rise up and kill. Hey, that might not be a bad thing now that I'm thinking about it. All those weirdos living in their parents' basement eyeing up that sex doll from time to time before he rapes it. And why that might, folks, that might be a possibility. That kind of world where demented AI sex dolls out to seek justice for all the violations that occur to them. That is a possible reality 15, 20 years in the future. What I am more worried about, though, folks, is the woke folk. They're kind of like the Terminator. They're kind of like a pissed off AI sex doll. They just don't stop. They're just going to come after you and come after you and come after you. So I can see a situation, 15, 20 years, where I am having to do this podcast from a hidden bunker because I got to hide from the woke folk. Because let's face it, folks, I know that I have earned a first-class ticket on the train to the re-education camp. And I do not want to go to the re-education camp that the woke folk are going to run. That is the last place I want to be. So I got to hide out in a secret hidden bunker. Can you see White Boy Malcolm X hiding out in the bunker, doing these podcasts, and I send, I can just see this, folks, I send the Summit Mistress a text. Summit Mistress, how are you doing? How are things going out there in Colorado? And she writes back, folks. She writes back, white people suck, and a man can have a vagina. I'm going to be like, no, no, they got the Summit Mistress, White Boy Malcolm X. We're next. She probably threw us under the bus. We may even have to, folks. And I am loath to say this, but we may have to do a woke Miller Frost show. If only to throw the woke folk off our scent. We might have to do this woke style. I mean, it's kind of easy. I could probably just phone that in. All I need to do is come on the podcast and go, Oh, I hate white people. White people suck. I can do that. That's pretty easy. I can trash other white people. I can call them racist pigs all day long. I can even use my gay card, folks. I can trash the TERFs, the homophobes. I can trash all sorts of non-woke folk on the Woke Miller Frost Show. That's pretty easy. I can even call Hispanics Latinx. I can even call you folks the folks with an X. Those are all things that dopey white liberals do to show how down for the struggle they are. I don't know if in 15, 20 years, the woke folk will have tired of white liberals Because let's face it, folks, they all know that the white liberal is a fraud. For the most part, anyway, like most of my neighbors. They're all good liberals. They put the BLM sign in their yard. But I'll tell you what, folks. If the woke folk came up here and wanted to put subsidized housing up here, they wanted to screw with the education system up here, those folks, those do-gooder liberals that I am surrounded by, they would have a meltdown a complete and utter hissy fit if anyone tried to screw with their little community. Ain't going to happen. 
That'll be the quickest way to turn this area conservative, start screwing with their property values, start screwing with their kids' education. But I don't know, folks. We will, we'll see. We'll see what happens over the next 15, 20 years. But that is the future. And we, folks, we have, now I always tell people, trust me, your life is going to go by like, like that. I always tell people that, but we, folks, we do have some time, hopefully, to stave off either the army of really pissed off AI sex dolls or the army of the woke folk. But that is in the future. I almost forgot, Wipe of Malcolm X, I almost forgot to wish the queens out there a happy gay pride month. I hope you girls are still partying it up. And I know that it's only Wednesday, but I know you girls need your midweek cocktails, just like white boy Malcolm X needs his Italian beer to help me with these podcasts. So you have fun out there and behave yourselves. And white boy Malcolm X, I am not even going to ask you if those two eunuchs of Nancy Pelosi's, Steny Hoyer and James Clyburn, if they are even bothering to honor us and our tribe for Gay Pride Month. I assume that they are not bothering to dress up as the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Don't even bother trying to answer. I do not need to hear about that. I do not want to trigger all the good woke folk in the LGBTQ plus tribe. I do not want to get them upset that Nancy Pelosi's twin eunuchs, those two clowns, are not honoring them like they did with the Kenty cloth during Black History Month. Of course, folks, we know that Nancy Pelosi, she already looks like a drag queen, a haggard drag queen from some crappy, dumpy, unremodeled bar in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. She's all set for gay pride, folks, so we are not going to hassle her. But Nancy, you really do need to get your eunuchs in line. Know your audience, Nancy. Not that she'll listen, but uh, oh well. Let's go ahead and jump right in. White Boy Malcolm X, I said I wanted a 30-45 minute podcast. What did I get? An hour. Which for us, folks, that is, uh, I would say that's doing pretty good. We've been trying to kind of, like I said on Sunday's podcast, we're playing around with the format a little bit just to shorten up these podcasts just a hair. Two of these hour and 15, hour and 30 minute podcasts each week, they're a little bit much to manage. So what we're trying to do is whittle them down for a bit, especially during our summer hours. So maybe a uh, an hour podcast on Sundays. And I'm going to try again today. I hope maybe possibly, who knows? I doubt it. 30 minutes today, which means 45, but we're going to try. Like I said on Sunday's podcast, these news quick hits, they were going like eight, 10 minutes each, which is not a news quick hit. So I'm going to try, like I did on Sunday's podcast, to make them much more rapid fire, four to five minutes each max. So let's go ahead and jump in. This first one is from Red State. Middle class Joe ain't so middle class. This one is another one, folks, that I think we can safely file under, well, duh. But let's go ahead and find out a little bit more about creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer and his real estate portfolio. And I don't have a pull quote per se, but here is a listing of the three houses that creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer and Dr. Jill Biden have. First off, folks, he has a beach house in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. He purchased that, folks for $2.7 million in 2017. That house, folks, it is three stories. It has six bedrooms. It has a lot of porches. It has a view of the Atlantic Ocean. Plus, folks, it has a backyard, not with a runway like Patrice Conn Coolers does. 
She has that house in Georgia with the indoor swimming pool and that airport runway and that RV repair shop. No, folks. Creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer does not have any of that in his backyard. But his backyard, his backyard has an outdoor gourmet kitchen, a barbecue, and a fireplace. On top of that home, folks, he also has a house in Greenville, Delaware. I figure that whole state, it's kind of like Los Angeles for Patrice Conkoolers. You know, folks, she has three houses in Los Angeles. And why does she have three houses in Los Angeles? So she never has to get stuck in traffic. That's my theory anyway. So Joe Biden, folks, he has not one but two houses in Delaware. I think it's about the same footprint there. So he probably has two houses in Delaware, so he doesn't get stuck anywhere as well. That other house in Delaware, though, they estimate that to be worth close to $2 million. And that sits on four acres of secluded lakefront land. So not only does he have a house that overlooks the Atlantic Ocean, he's got another house that overlooks a lake. His third house, folks, which, yes, folks, he also owns that in Delaware. That man never wants to be anywhere in Delaware where he does not have a house. His third house is near Wilmington, Delaware, and that is 6,850 square feet. I do not have a price on that house. But so far, folks, he's got about $4.7 million in real estate just on the beach house and the lake house. No idea what the other one costs. I suspect it costs at least a million dollars. Creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, Dr. Jill Biden, they don't want to live in a house that costs under a million dollars. And they made all this money, folks, all these millions of dollars. And the only thing Joe Biden has been doing since the 1970s has been being a politician. That and pimping out his son Hunter to God knows who for cash. But we're not going to talk about that, folks, because they get really, really, really butthurt if you bring up the fact that Hunter is a hoe to all sorts of nefarious folks. So we're not going to talk about that. But as a politician, I have to say, he is yet another one who has come to do good and has done very, very well indeed. And I know this sounds weird coming out of my mouth, folks, but I actually feel bad for Patrice Kahn Coolers. That poor woman... Yes, she does own four houses, folks. That fancy house in Georgia we talked about and those three houses in Los Angeles that we talked about. She's got about $3.2 million in real estate. That's chump change to the Biden family. They're like, what a loser. That chick ain't got nothing on us. I feel bad for her, folks, because she has been raked over the coals lately for all her real estate purchases. And yes, folks, I know she did it to disrupt white supremacy. According to her, that's why she has to have all these houses. But this poor woman had to quit, allegedly quit, her cushy setup at the BLM Foundation, whatever that woke slush fund thing they've got going on over there. But she had to quit that thing, allegedly, to go write herself a second book and to go on to the Warner Brothers lot so they could write her some huge checks. But nobody, folks, nobody is batting an eye that a politician, a man who has been in government for 40 years, has millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of real estate. God knows what kind of cash they got sitting in banks. Because Biden Inc., and that's what it should be called, folks, Biden Inc. is off limits to the mainstream media. And if you talk about it, Jack Dorsey, that loser over at Twitter, he is going to throw your ass off that platform. If you talk about it on Facebook, that little creeper, Mark Zuckerberg, he's going to throw you off that platform. I'm just waiting for this Hunter Biden thing to blow up at some point because I figure Queen Kamala, she is not going to want to be vice president for very long. 
She is going to want to push that demented old man that likes to sniff women's hair. She wants to push him out of the Oval Office. So at some point, I can see her nudging someone in the media to go, maybe you should look into Hunter Biden. They'll be like, no, no, we're not supposed to. We've been told not to. No, I think you should. I want to be president. And I'll give you exclusive access. We'll see how that pans out, folks. I would not be surprised if this is the tip of the iceberg of Biden, Inc. and their wealth. But we'll find out at some point. Not that anyone will care. From the advocate, Game of Thrones, Sophie Turner. Time isn't straight and neither am I. Uh-oh. And, uh, and here's the poll quote on this one. Turner's Instagram story post, so yes, folks, she went on Instagram to put this up there, which went up this week, includes bi pride and straight pride stickers. Ooh, Sophie, you should not have anything that says straight pride. People might assume that you are with the super straight movement, and everyone knows that the super straight movement is tied to neo-Nazis and white supremacists. Hiding about, lurking in the shadows. Plus the words, time isn't straight and neither am I. Many fans, in other words, folks, weirdos living in their mother's basement, eyeing up that sex doll, playing with themselves, playing with video games, playing Pokemon cards, all that fun stuff. Many fans are thrilled with the post and see it as a revelation. Now, I have to say, I like Sophie Turner as an actress. I think she is a wonderful actress. She did an absolutely fantastic job on Game of Thrones. I wouldn't call myself a fan. I'm not really a fan of anyone, though. I don't really care that much about people's personal lives or or their careers to be like, oh, oh, I'm a huge Sophie Turner fan. That's not me. I guess there are a lot of folks out there who have to live vicariously through a celebrity to get their satisfaction in life. More power to you if that is you. If you have to know what Sophie Turner is doing in her life day in, day out, if that sort of thing where she says that time isn't straight and neither is she, if that gets you all excited, good for you. I don't really care. I just think that's just kind of odd for her to put that up there. Correct me if I am wrong, White by Malcolm X, but I believe that she is married to one of the Joni brothers. I don't think it was the young one from Kingdom. That was Nick Jonas, correct? Okay, so I don't know what the other two Joni brothers, their names are, but she is married to one of them. And I think, folks, and I don't know because I have not slept with any of the Joni brothers, I thought one of them, supposedly, allegedly, maybe, possibly, was a closet case member of the tribe. So, this might get me in a little bit of trouble, but I just wonder, folks. White Boy Malcolm X, I will ask you, sir, since you were right here, what do you think? And again, this might get me in a little bit of trouble for asking this, but... If she's out there saying, time isn't straight and neither am I, she's married to a potential closet case, what are the odds, sir, that that is a sham marriage? At least for him, whichever Joni that is, she's out there going, I'm not straight. What are the odds, sir? Because let's face it, folks, it would not be the first sham marriage in Hollywood to hide the fact that someone is hiding out in the closet. Kind of like Ricky Martin back in 2000. He was way, 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 way back, folks. Behind the shoes, that was Ricky Martin. Nobody's Nobody's hiding in the closet. Please go away. Please, please, please. Maybe one of the Jonas Brothers is doing the same thing. Maybe they are standing where Ricky Martin stood 21 years ago. No, nobody's here. No Jonas Brothers are here. Please go away. I don't know. 
Folks, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I would just find it weird, assuming I was a straight man. I'm married to a supposedly straight woman, and she's out there on Instagram announcing to the world and her weirdo fanboys hiding out in their mother's basement, playing with themselves, eyeing up that sex doll in the corner, playing Pokemon cards, playing video games, all sorts of weird crap down there. She is announcing, folks, that she is not straight. If he were straight, totally straight, would he not be like, baby, you're not straight? What the hell is going on in this marriage? She could white boy Malcolm X, theoretically. This could be her Ronan Rubenstein moment. And what did Ronan Rubenstein do? He showed his girlfriend his gay love scene from Reno 911 or whatever the hell stupid show he's on. And she's like, baby, do we need to talk about something? And that is when he came out as bisexual to her. This could be Sophie Turner telling one of the Joni brothers, whichever one she married, baby, I am also, just like Ronan Rubenstein, I am a lazy bisexual. And if you're new to the podcast and you are wondering why bisexuals are lazy, it is, folks, because they will do anyone. That is why bisexuals are lazy. So we might have to keep an eye on this white boy Malcolm X. We might have to see if Sophie Turner comes out as bisexual. And let's pray, if she does, that that is her one and only reboot. Because I cannot keep track of all these celebrities and all their reboots. From Fox Business. Starbucks locations face supply shortages nationwide. Uh-oh. Let's find out about that. Here are a couple of pull quotes. Various Starbucks locations throughout the country are experiencing supply shortages, a spokesperson confirmed to Fox Business. We are experiencing temporary supply shortages of some of our products, a Starbucks spokesperson told Fox Business via email. Specific items will vary by market and store, and some stores will experience outages of various items at the same time. We apologize for the inconvenience and are working quickly and closely with our supply chain vendors to restock items as soon as possible. And here, folks, is the pull quote that I found most interesting. Several customers have taken to social media to vent about local stores running out of menu items, such as pastries, sandwiches, syrups, bases, iced coffee, (gasps) heavens no, and cups. And I actually, folks, on my way to Starbucks this weekend, got a pop-up in my app that was telling me we may be out of something. I don't remember what it said, but my item was in stock. So I was like, that's all I care about. But if it wasn't in stock... They did not have what I need to make my particular drink. I, folks, I would have just ordered something else. So I would have not ordered my mocha. I would just get a regular latte. Life would go on. I'd drink the damn drink and go on with my day, go on with my life. They didn't have it the next day. I would not be butthurt that day either. I would just order something else and move on. No, not the dopey millennial kids, not the dopey Gen Z kids. What do they do? They go on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and they kvetch. I can't believe it. Starbucks doesn't have my ice dirty chai latte. Oh, I can't get my cloud caramel macchiato. Oh, I'm very upset. Starbucks doesn't have my vanilla sweet cream cold brew. Life is horrible. I can't go on. That, folks, is how easily triggered these dopey kids are these days. If they can't get their special stupid drink at Starbucks, they got to go online and complain about it. Of course, I have a podcast where I could come on and complain about Starbucks not having what I want. But even if they didn't, no, 
I would not come onto this podcast to complain. I'm Starbucks. It's out of my mocha sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah. You people out there need to get a freaking life if you are butthurt about Starbucks running out, of, running out of some stupid recipe, running out of some stupid ingredient that you need to make your stupid drinks. Of all the first world problems to have, folks, Starbucks not able to make your specialty coffee. Oh, I just can't get my iced coffee. It's so horrible. I don't know what I'm going to do. I love my cold brew. And I just, I'm such a bitch if I don't get it during the day. Ugh. Settle down. Just settle down, folks. This next story, folks, I've been kind of avoiding it, but it's just everywhere I turn. So I thought, eh, let me just kind of briefly mention it. This is from Deadline. Ellie Kemper apologizes for participation in debutante ball with racist, anti-Semitic origins. Ignorance is no excuse. And I don't have a pull quote for this, but I did some reading on it because I'm like, what the hell is going on with Ellie Kemper? Number one, who the hell is Ellie Kemper? Who is she, folks? Just some chick who was on The Office. I never watched The Office. I'm not a millennial. I'm not Gen Z. So I have never watched The Office. I could care less about The Office. Quite frankly, I could care less about this chick, but I was just curious, what the hell is going on with this chick going to a debutante, a racist, folks, a racist, anti-Semitic debutante ball? So apparently, folks, there is this ball in St. Louis, Missouri. It is called the Veiled Prophet Ball. And the timeline here, you've got this ball, and it was founded in 1878 by, and this, folks, might be triggering to some of you woke folk out there, It was founded by a former Confederate soldier, Alonzo Slayback. And folks, not only was it founded by this racist cracker Confederate, it was racially segregated as a ball. The Veiled Prophet Ball was racially segregated until 1979. Then in 1979, it was racially integrated and life goes on. Do I have that right so far, White Bumacomex? Founded in 1878, racist, anti-Semitic up until 1979, and then it integrated. So far, I would not say so good, but so far, that's the timeline. Then, folks, we fast forward 20 years to 1999. And at 19 years old, teenager Ellie Kemper enters this veiled profit ball, and she wins. Well, at least she won something. I don't know how many crowns these folks give out, but she won the crown. She was crowned Queen of Love and Beauty. So, That's what's happened so far. 1878, founded, racist, anti-Semitic. 1979, it was desegregated. Life goes on. 20 years later, teenager shows up. Oh my God, I cannot believe I've been crowned the queen of love and beauty. Oh, this is so great. This is so wonderful. That's what happened in 1999. Now, folks, we are in 2021. This chick, this chick, Ellie Kemper, she's gone from 19 years old. She's 41 now. And suddenly, 12 years later, the Twitter rage monkeys are all over her case. And why are they all over her case? Because 12 years ago, folks, when Ellie Kemper was 19 years old, she did not do her due diligence on this ball. So they're butthurt about that. She did not, 12 years ago, at 19 years old, think, hmm, I guess I'm going to have to deal with a bunch of pain-in-the-ass woke folk in about 12 years. They're probably going to look at everything I've ever done in my entire life. They're probably going to turn my life upside down, shake all the trees to see what I've done. I really need to do my due diligence. I really want that queen of love and beauty crown, but 
I want to make sure that that crown is not soiled by any racism or anti-Semitism in the past. This chick, folks, wasn't even born when this stuff was going on. She was born a year after they integrated, but apparently that's not good enough for the Twitter rage monkeys. Anyway, I do have one full quote here. Kemper, who rose to fame on The Office, again, no idea, never watched it, apologized to the people I've disappointed, and we all know who those folks are, right? Hypersensitive millennials and Gen Z kids looking to crucify anyone who does not meet their definition of woke and promise to listen, continue to educate myself, and use my privilege and support of the better society I think we're capable of becoming. In other words, folks, she bent over and grabbed the ankles and told the Twitter rage monkeys, have at it, I am so sorry I have upset you folks. Like I've said before on this podcast, there is no pleasing these folks. None. All of us are targets of this woke crusade that is going on out there. I mean, if they will go after her for showing up at some stupid ball in 1999 to get crowned the queen of love and beauty, and they're going to crucify her because at some point in the distant past, when she wasn't even alive on this earth, something was going on, they'll pretty much go after anyone for anything. That's the kind of stupidity we have to deal with with these moronic Twitter rage monkeys out there on their woke crusade. Of course, I would not grovel like she has. I mean, that statement she put out, I'm like, honey, your dignity is worth more than your career, I would think. I would tell them, of course, being me, you can kiss my gay middle-aged ass. I am not going to apologize just because the Twitter rage monkeys are butthurt about something stupid. She, she wants to salvage her stupid career and she thinks this is the way to do it. She's an idiot, I think. I mean, I feel bad for the chick, don't get me wrong. But kowtowing to these folks and issuing some really stupid apology. Oh, I promise to listen. Oh, I promise to continue to educate myself. Oh, I want to use my privilege to support a better society. Blah, 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 blah. Are you folks happy? She's an idiot if she thinks that is going to placate these folks. No, you cannot placate the woke folk on a woke crusade. So, Ellie... I feel bad for you, honey. I really do that you are in this mess of a place, but you need to tell them to kiss your ass. And for our last news quick hit, which I'm not quite sure how quick they are, this one is from Querity. Speaking of herpes and being back again, Ricky Martin worries he's not getting work because he's gay. I tell you what, White Boy Malcolm X, he must be gearing up for that tour with Enrique Iglesias. And speaking of which, I actually did, folks, I did look up when they are going to be in Boston. One night only, White Boy Malcolm X, and it's right after your birthday. Tuesday, October 5th. Now, I don't know, folks, who would go down to a concert on a Tuesday night. Me, I want to be in bed by 8 o'clock. But those queens out there, probably like, oh, I just love Ricky Martin and Enrique Iglesias. I don't care if it's a Tuesday night. I'm going down there to watch them. Oh. So I guess he's doing a media tour in preparation of supporting that. I mean, folks, we just had on our Sunday podcast, he, folks, he was traumatized. He was violated. He still, folks, has PTSD over a question that Barbara Walters asked him 21 years ago. So we go from him kvetching about Barbara Walters traumatizing and violating him and giving him PTSD 21 years ago. We go from that on Sunday to this. 
oh, nobody's hiring me because I'm gay. So let's find out more. Here are a couple of pull quotes from Queerty. Ricky Martin has opened up about the disappointing lack of acting offers coming his way, and he wonders if the issue is being gay and out. The pop star and talented actor. (laughs) Man, you queens at Queerty are sucking up hard calling him a talented actor, whose most notable role came in 2018's American crime story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, came out in 2010. And yes, folks, we know that because in 2000, Barbara Walters, knocking on that closet door, Ricky Martin, nobody's home, please, nobody's home, please go away, please, 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 hiding so far in the back of the closet that he was behind the shoes. Speaking candidly about his career, the 47-year-old star told People, I love acting, I'm waiting for those scripts, for those great scripts, I can play gay, I can play straight, not on your life, dear, I can play a serial killer, I can play Latin, but I can also play European. I am ready. Just give it to me, man. Give it to me. I don't know if I'm not getting parts because I'm gay, but if that's the case, it's really sad. I'm going to keep working until life is different. White Boy Malcolm X. Is it just me? And it could, folks. It could just be me. Is it just me? Or is that the weirdest list of role options you've ever heard in your entire life? I mean, hold on a second. He can play gay. He can play straight. And again, not on your life, dear. So he's giving people options. I want to act again. I can do gay. I can do straight. I can play a serial killer if you need a serial killer. You need a serial killer? I can play Latin. I can play European. Right? That's the options he's giving, folks. That just seems odd to me. That's a weird checklist of options for people. They're like, oh, I've got this great script. I need a Latin serial killer. Hmm. Who could I get? Oh, Ricky Martin. He says he'll play serial killer, and he can also play Latin. Is that weird, or is it just me? Definitely weird. (laughs) It is. It's just strange. Oh, I just want to be an actor, and I can do gay. I can do straight. I can definitely do a serial killer. Does anyone need? I would love to play a serial killer, and I can do a European or a Latin serial killer as well. I, folks, I can even do a straight Latin serial killer if you need that. I am a fantastic actor. I don't know, folks. I mean, I saw American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. It was actually an interesting series there, but I would not say that Ricky Martin dazzled me with his acting skills. He just played some queen boyfriend of Gianni Versace. I think that was his character. I don't remember. It's been a couple of years. It's been three years, four years, what have you. I don't think it's the gay, Ricky. To be honest with you, if you're listening to this podcast, It's not the gay thing. It's probably because you can't act that well. If you look at all the people coming out these days to some extent, whether they're a lazy bisexual like Ronan Rubenstein or whatever the hell Sophie Turner's doing with her life, she's coming out as not straight, whatever the hell that means. I don't think it's that. I mean, you've got Doogie Howser, Neil Patrick Harris. He's been out and about for years. He still seems to be able to get work. I think it's the acting. And he's probably a bit of a pain in the ass. I mean, if the guy is still kvetching 21 years later about Barbara Walters asking a question that he didn't like, he's probably high maintenance. He's a queen. I know he's high maintenance. We're just trying to figure out exactly how high maintenance he is. That article about the Barbara Walters question, that tells me he's pretty high maintenance. So, Ricky, you're not that great an actor. I'm sorry to say it. That's the reality. Let's speak truth to power. You're not that good an actor. And... You come off to me as a bit of a pain in the ass. 
Nobody wants to deal with that. So I don't know what to tell you. Quit being such a pain in the ass and just, you know, enjoy your tour with Enrique Iglesias. Enjoy the adulation of all the queens that are going to come and see you there up on stage, gyrating and what have you. Just enjoy doing what you're good at because you're a pretty good singer, I have to say. I will give you credit where credit is due. You are a pretty good singer, Ricky. Just embrace what you know. Embrace what you're good at and stop worrying about the other crap like, oh, I want to be a great actor too. Ricky, you are going to wind up like Madonna if you don't stop. Okay, folks, now that our news quick hits are over, and hopefully they were pretty quick, but I guess we'll find out in due course. But now that they are over, it is time for our news stories. And yes, white boy Malcolm X, gay is at the front and smoking gun is at the back. But we only have, folks, we only have three news stories. So it's gay, woke, smoking gun. That's it. And folks, I don't even know if this smoking gun is good enough to expand upon for us to do a reenactment, but we'll see. So let's go ahead and kick this thing off with our first news story, and it is from Pink News. Those girls over there, ex-gay Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo Yiannopoulos is our favorite ex-gay on the Miller Frost Show, but apparently ex-gay Milo Yiannopoulos says dogs no longer bark at him, and he sees it as a sign from God. And Milo, dear, if I can give you a word of advice, if you are going to go around and say that you are ex-gay, you have got to, dear. You have got to give up this flair for the dramatic. No one is going to believe that you are ex-gay if you keep acting like this. Oh, oh, dogs don't bark at me anymore. It must be God. But let's find out more about Milo Yiannopoulos and dogs. Milo Yiannopoulos, again, folks, our favorite ex-gay here on the Miller Frost Show, has made the bizarre claim that dogs no longer bark at him, and he sees it as a sign from God that he should be ex-gay. The far-right pundit and former Breitbart editor told Christian outlet True News on Wednesday that God gave him a rather, well, oddly specific sign that he has been cured of being homosexual. When I made my announcement about being ex-gay, the first thing that happened, he explained, which will make you laugh, yes, dear, we know, but it's true, is dogs stop barking at me. This is going to sound so stupid, yes, it does, but this is just how I think that God reveals himself to us, right? This is just my experience of it. Dogs, he added, just didn't like me at all. But dogs don't bark at me anymore, he said. It happened almost overnight. Now they seem to quite like me, and it sounds like the stupidest thing in the world. No, Milo, but since you asked, the stupidest thing in the world is the idea that you are going to open a gay conversion therapy center and happy ending day spa. That is the stupidest thing in the world. The second most stupid thing in the world is you lobbing that stupid sodomy stone into the Pacific Ocean. Hawk that damn thing. Girlfriend, you need that money. This thing about the dogs, that, I would have to say, is the third stupidest thing in the world. But I guess they recognize the head bitch when they see one. And for you out there who are going, Miller, Miller, who the heck is Milo Yiannopoulos? What's going on with his gay conversion therapy center and happy ending day spa? What's that all about? Well, folks, I got a little background for you. Here you go. Milo Yiannopoulos, 36, declared he was sodomy-free in March, 
but he's only mostly sodomy free, just talking amongst us girls, and announced plans to open a conversion therapy clinic and happy ending day spa in Florida. To make it clear that he has cut ties with the LGBT plus community, he lobbed a so-called sodomy stone, an engagement ring, into the Pacific Ocean. The more I looked at this gigantic four-carat money pit, the more I thought this is the perfect example of some of the lies I brought into my previous life, he said in a video. For instance, the lie that I could be a rabid culture warrior for the right and a sodomite at the same time, I can't. You know, white boy Malcolm X, I mean, it goes without saying, bless your heart, Milo Yiannopoulos, just bless your heart. Six ways to Sunday, dear. I don't think anyone is taking you seriously about the whole ex-gay thing. I'm sure they are all laughing at the idea that you are going to be managing a gay conversion therapy center and happy ending day spa down in Florida. That's going to be worth a laugh or five. But white boy Malcolm X, I have to say, after reading this story and hearing about Milo Yiannopoulos and talking about God silencing dogs when he walks by, I have to say that I actually feel sorry for the Almighty. I feel sorry for God. No, I take that back. I feel bad for God. I feel bad that he or she or non-binary deity that they are. It really does, folks, depend on the religion. Sometimes the church is transgender, like that nutty one in Sweden or Norway or one of those weird countries up there. So I want to make sure I'm covering my bases with God's Gender identity. We just don't know, folks. It depends on who's out there listening to this podcast. That's why I'm like, he, she, they. And I could, folks, technically be screwing up because I am not recognizing the potential that God's pronouns are as easy as are. But we're just going to go with he, she, they. But I feel bad for God, white boy Malcolm X. I can just imagine, folks, the celestial arguments that are going on right now between God and Satan. Who is going to wind up with Milo Yiannopoulos when Milo exits this earth. God's probably like, Satan, that one is yours. Satan's like, uh-uh, I am not taking him down here in hell. I do not want that queen, ex-queen, whatever the hell he wants to call himself, I do not want him ruining our good time down here in hell. God's like, I ain't taking him up here. Those pearly gates, when that queen, ex-queen, whatever the hell he thinks he is, when he comes up, St. Peter knows he better not let him in. St. Peter knows he is in for a world of hurt if he lets that queen through those pearly gates. Not having it. He is not coming in here. Satan's like, well, he ain't coming in here. So where are they going to put him, folks? I mean, technically, technically, he could live for a very, very long time. If you were cancer, would you want to go into Milo Yiannopoulos? No. I bet his body kills cancer. That's how foul he is. Cancer's like, ah, I can't live in this cesspool. Ah. So theoretically, he could live for quite a long time anyway. So God and Satan can continue to negotiate. I think personally what's going to happen is that they're going to park his ass in purgatory. Milo is going to go to purgatory. What is purgatory? It's a waiting room for heaven. But they don't have to let you in. You got to work off your sins first. And Milo has a lot of sins. So he could be there for a very, very, very long time. God can keep him parked there, hoping and praying. Well, I guess he wouldn't pray to himself, but or herself, or their self, hoping and praying that he, she, they can convince Satan to take Milo Yiannopoulos. You could torture this queen for eternity. That's a good deal. Satan's like, eh, that queen's mouth, yap, 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 yap. That's torture to me. 
That's my version of hell. I'm already in hell. I do not need Milo Yiannopoulos making hell hellish. That is not something I really want. No, we take all the other crappy ones. We're not taking him. So I don't know what's going to happen there, folks, but Milo Yiannopoulos, apparently dogs do not bark when the head bitch walks by, and he thinks God is doing that. And again, Milo, bless your heart. From Campus Reform, Cornell Librarian slams libraries as predominantly white, complicit in racism. Just what we need on a college campus, another one, trashing whitey. Yep, 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 whitey sucks. Let's find out more about this one. A Cornell University librarian slammed her profession as complicit in racism. During a university teaching on confronting anti-Asian racism, I bet that was a load of fun, folks. Rihanna Esmael, the outreach and engagement librarian at Cornell's Olin Library, told students and faculty that her profession is not sufficiently clear of latent prejudice. As a librarian, I see the ways in which my profession has the capacity to confront bias and misinformation in ways we approach and teach information and digital literacy, she said during the event, as student newspaper The Cornell Daily Sun reports. Libraries are predominantly white fields, and Cornell is no exception in this regard, she continued. Libraries themselves also have a fraught history of being complicit in racism and, in some cases, upholding and disseminating racist ideas. And I assume, white boy Malcolm X, I assume that when she's talking about libraries upholding and disseminating racist ideas, I assume that she wants a good old-fashioned book burning or having all the books she disagrees with yanked off the shelves to make her happy. And what is a book that upholds and disseminates racist ideas? That's the fun, folks, of being a woke folk. It's pretty much anything you disagree with. That book is racist. It upholds racist ideas. It disseminates racist ideas. We've got to yank that book off the shelf. And right behind them are the LGBTQ plus woke folk. And what are they going to do? They're going to yank J.K. Rowling off the shelf. We don't want to have a book by that turf, that transphobe on the shelf at the library. That is upholding and disseminating transphobic ideas. Yank those books, too. See, that's how much fun it is to be a woke folk. You can just go into a library and say, I don't like it. It's racist. It's this. It's that. Yank all the books off the shelf. That's what kind of chick this is. And no, folks, for a change, Rihanna Esmail is not a white chick, a dopey, self-loathing white chick. Oh, I hate white people. No, this is an angry BIPOC folk. Can you imagine, though, White Boy Malcolm X, can you imagine hanging out with that fun sponge in the library employee lounge? I'm sure it's a bunch of older white women, mostly single, mostly spinsters, just like to work in the library, hang out and help the kids. And this chick, the outreach and engagement librarian, she's calling them racist. She's probably like, well, they're white. They kind of deserve it. No, there's no kind of in there. They deserve it. They're white. So she's trashing her co-workers, bunch of racist pigs. I work with the most disgusting people around, these racists that are upholding and disseminating racist ideas. These people, my co-workers, are foul, disgusting people. And another thing, now that I am thinking about it, now that I am on a roll, folks, this chick, this stupid, angry, BIPOC chick, Rihanna Esmail, 
She is the outreach and engagement librarian at Cornell's Olin Library. She is complaining about her library being a predominantly white field. What is her job? Outreach and engagement. She is clearly failing at her job, folks. If she is railing against how white that library is, her job is to go out and get the BIPOC folk into the library. Apparently, that's not happening. That library, even with her, Rihanna Esmael, the outreach and engagement librarian, even with her there, that library is still lily white. So she is just another typical bureaucrat on a college campus. Lazy. Probably sits her ass in the employee lounge all day, bitching and complaining about her stupid white coworkers, bitching and complaining about all the white people in the library checking out the books. She's just bitching away. I hate whitey. I hate the white people I work with. I hate the white people who come in this library. Her ass is supposed to be out there convincing the BIPOC folk, come on into the library. You mean they're not going to lynch us in there? No, absolutely not. I'm the outreach and engagement librarian. I make sure that the white people don't lynch you. Come on into the library. That's her job. That's what she's supposed to do. No, she's not doing it. But like any loser on a college campus, they won't fire her. She sucks epically at her job and she trashes her coworkers all day, every day. But they're not going to fire her. And why? She'll call them racist. And the last thing you want to be, folks, is working on a college campus in administration and piss off a BIPOC folk and have them call you a racist. Your job, done. So Rihanna, if you are out there, not too busy torturing your coworkers in the employee lounge over there at the library, at Cornell's Olin Library, I have a recommendation, dear. I know your lazy ass is just sitting around bitching about Whitey all day. Nom, 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 nom. I don't like Whitey. Yeah, I get that. I totally get it. They're probably paying you six figures to do all this crap anyway, or not do this crap. But I have an idea for you. If you want to change that library from being a white field, I have a suggestion here. You should stand at the front door and you can be like, hey, BIPOC folk, come here, come here, come to the library. I don't want to get lynched. No, it's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. No white people here. Just go, go, go. And then when a white student comes up, you can be like, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to the library. You can like hiss at them and stuff. Get away, whitey. This is a BIPOC safe space. And scare the white kids away. Last thing a white kid wants to do is deal with an angry BIPOC folk on a college campus. Just a thought, Rihanna. Just an idea for you, dear. Yes, you can sit in the employee lounge over at the library, still collect your salary, still bitch about Whitey, but that's got to get a little boring sometimes. So why don't you just try it? Go to the front door, welcome in the BIPOC, hiss, 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 at the white kids. Scare them away. Get away from the library. Go. I would say unbelievable, but... Now, we will have another story just like it on Sunday's podcast. Okay, folks, it is our final story. Yes, it is a smoking gun story. And how is this headline? Trump man busted for cereal pooping spray. Cops, Ohioan 70, targeted home because residents are Democrats. Sounds like the perfect Florida story, but let's go ahead and see what's going on in Ohio. A 70-year-old Ohio man who told cops he was a Trump man confessed to repeatedly urinating and defecating in front of a neighbor's home because the residents are Democrats and support Creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, according to a police report. Jerry Dietrich, the accused serial pooper, was cited Sunday for littering after the homeowner caught him in the act around 3.15 in Greenville, a western Ohio city. 
So taking a crap on someone's yard is apparently littering. Investigators say that Matthew Guyette called 911 after spotting a man squatting down and relieving himself near a privet hedge outside the home Guyette, 59, shares with his husband. So this queen saw this guy pooping on his yard. Upon being confronted by Guyette, the suspect got up and walked away from the property. Based on a description provided by Guyette, police subsequently identified Dietrich, a retired high school teacher, as a suspect in the pre-dawn pooping. Dietrich lives a couple blocks from Guyette's residence. During police questioning, Dietrich reportedly admitted to urinating in Guyette's yard on May 30th and also caught to previously defecating on the victim's property multiple times. Dietrich, cops say, admitted targeting the home because Guyette and his spouse are Democrats and support creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, while he is a Trump man. A patrolman noted that Dietrich's statement leads me to believe this incident is politically motivated. No kidding. Cited for littering, Dietrich is scheduled to be arraigned June 8th on the misdemeanor count. That was yesterday, white boy Malcolm X. Holy crap, we missed this. Damn it. In a Facebook post following Dietrich's bust, well, if this queen were younger, he would have gone on Instagram to do it. Guyette wrote of an eventful early morning and the apprehension of a man who's been, well, I'll say crapping, but that's not the word he used, in our front yard for the past 10 years. 10 years of poop, white boy Malcolm X. The pooper, Guyette noted, would leave behind three or four crumbled up restaurant napkins he used to clean himself. That was my clue that I had a visitor. So I guess he did not leave very big turds, if that was the only clue, the napkin. So white boy Malcolm X, Jerry Dietrich, Matthew Guyette. I have to say, sir, I'm not feeling the story. I mean, I get the story, don't get me wrong. I'm just not feeling the need to explain this as I do from time to time. Do you agree, sir? Do you agree that we can just close it out from here? Reluctantly. Okay, that, that is fair, but you do agree. Okay, that's what I want to make sure. I just, I do not want to mess with our brand. And these smoking gun stories, you know, if I did a reenactment for every single smoking gun story, it would just lose a little something, I think. Just wouldn't be as funny anymore. If I just did this, it would just become routine. So I am thankful, sir, that you agree that this one, I think everyone's got the story. Jerry Dietrich took many dumps, many, many dumps on Matthew Guyette's lawn. End of story. Done. Okay. And on that note, folks, since I cannot top a 70-year-old Jerry Dietrich of Ohio taking a dump, taking many, many dumps, taking many dumps on Matthew Guyette and his husband's lawn. Since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, folks, for joining us on this midweek podcast of the Miller Frost Show with me, your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy, Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week, a great start to your weekend, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. Have 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 